Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis Guy. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dump two hands. Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good luck. You won't see it for long. Two run home run. Trevor Story. Lock. Ends on. Here we go. Welcome in to the Denver Sports Podcast. Brought to you by normally Breckenridge Brew, but it looks like we got DraftKings there going today. Well, I mean, they're, it is Breck, but they're another, DraftKings is another great friend of ours. We'll uh, have more on them later. Uh, really excited for this episode today. This is the first episode in a new series that we'll be doing here with uh, TDSP, where we'll be having some of our uh, fantastic colleagues from around the uh, sports media world join us here in studio uh, to have some good roundtable discussions about all the different teams here uh, here in the state. And I get to kick things off. The NHL trade deadline just passed. So I'm joined by uh, Peter Baugh from The Athletic and uh, Raj, host of Between the Pipes on uh, Altitude Radio, the Avs postgame show. It goes live right after the game, correct? Yeah, right after the game. I uh, appreciate uh, you having both of us on. It's a super exciting time despite the snoozer that we got to watch last night at ball arena but yeah way she goes sometimes yeah no absolutely and uh peter yeah you and i chat all the time in the media room and i was like yeah it's about time we have you down here and we'll <laughs> put some of these conversations on uh, on recording so yeah you had some car trouble so you uh you battled to get down here and yes true hockey i'm fashion. the reason i'm the reason that we're starting late so apologies <laughs> to all uh all viewers and uh yeah thank you for having me no yeah no to you uh you're great i appreciate it but uh yeah, let's kind of get into it, right? Because we've gone through a crazy couple weeks. You know, Peter, you and I were talking yesterday. That like, it's nice that it's all behind us. You kind of are off that high-strung checking your phone. My screen time is going to thank me this week. I didn't want to check it last week. But uh, trade deadline in general, was there anything that jumped out to either one of you guys from around the league? Well, So we're going to get into the abs and the moves they made and kind of their outlook. But... Wanted to start on a little bit more uh, broad scope. Anything that jumped out to you guys? I think uh, it's it's just really interesting how much more of a seller's market it is in season. Like you look at yeah what the Avs gave up for Devon Taves in the off season. You look at what the Blues gave up for Pavel Buchnevich in the off season, and then you look at what teams are giving up in <laughs> the regular season, and it's like, holy cow! Delorier's getting a third round pick, like. <laughs> Josh Manson got a second round pick and a good prospect. What do you mean? Like, Goal scorer? Delorier <laughs> scores his first game? Come on That now. is true. That is true. Assisted, That's a first line forward. Assisted by Tyson Jost. Um, was it really? Oh it my was, gosh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just interesting how how much of a seller's market it was and how how much teams are willing to spend when the desperation level is a little higher, including the apps who had to 
do some stuff. Yeah, it was crazy. There were 33 trades on deadline day. It didn't seem like it was going to get anywhere near that until an hour before the deadline hit. And even so, we got like an Elvis Doomerville situation where a trade either doesn't go through because is it late? Was there a no trade clause? And now Vegas is screwed as they have, you know, twenty five million dollars of injured players. and They're trying to find ways to uh, to get guys in and under the cap. And uh, Dadanov has Anaheim as a no trade team. But Vegas didn't know that. And the central registry didn't get it either. Like that was the big thing I learned is that. The central registry in the National Hockey League, there's not like a safeguard. It's not like you, yeah. you know, pop in player X for player Y with Z contract and something comes up with the big old red X if there's a no trade clause right. in the in the contract. Doesn't work that way, apparently. Yeah, no, it's it's a lot of Yeah, I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot on Monday. And and I, I wanna circle back to the Dodonov stuff because that I've, re- I've written about it, I think, twice this week because I just can't pull myself... Well, I guess it's resolved now. But I couldn't pull myself away from all of it as it was kind of unfolding. But yeah, like I, I kind of like what you're saying. There's a, seems like a little bit of a clunky process that is absolutely going to be revisited. Um, but again, we'll, we'll, so we'll circle back to that because that was absolutely the story for me of deadline day. But to your point, Peter, like Brandon Hagel, two first-round picks. And... And two good young players. And two good young players. And when we were going into that, when we were going into Monday, I really thought in the week leading up to it that it was going to be more of a buyer's market because you look out east, that playoff race has been settled since January. Teams knew they were out going into this. I think the west maybe complicated stuff a bit because, what, a month ago we were saying Dallas probably selling, Vancouver probably selling. After last night, now they're within – what two points of Vegas. So it, yeah, the prices for me, uh, I, I, one, I was surprised with where the prices got to And two, I'm surprised how many people paid them and that prices didn't seem like they came down the closer they got to deadline Teams seemed happy to hold on to whatever player it was if they didn't have to move them. Yeah. I thought it was maybe going to be like a bit of a wave. Like the abs maybe jumped it a bit with Manson and got him for less than they maybe would have had, the Ducks waited a little bit, and mm-hmm. then Ben Sherratt's getting a first-round pick. Uh, Giordano's getting two seconds. You, you have a right. lot of players who are around Manson's level drawing significantly more. Um, and then, so I, I th- and then I thought it would maybe come down a bit because there was a certain point where I was like, "Well, there's like five forwards that I think are going to get traded, and there are only like two or three teams that I think could be in the market." Yeah, and the prices just never came down, and players were traded who maybe. I didn't expect, and players were like Phil Castle weren't traded, who I thought Dude, maybe were. Yeah, I, I, that that was maybe the one to me that, and like it was Phil Kessel, he's dropped off and stuff. But I I was blown away that Arizona, and it wasn't just Phil Kessel; like they had a number of expiring UFAs that they chose not to move on from. Well, the big name that we heard out of Arizona for the entire year was yeah. Jake Chikrin, yeah. and Chikrin goes nowhere. Maybe it's because he has the injury late in the season, or he's been underperforming, but. It, it's the coyotes everyone's been underperforming <laughs> let's be honest yeah you can say the same thing about the canadians and Sherratt's underlying statistics from this year and i, I mean lekkonen's actually been okay for yeah. a horrible habs team this season been a but right spot like chikrin doesn't get moved and that was a guy who you're talking about huge prices on deadline day that you could have expected to fetch a first maybe two and a prospect and arizona stands pat 
Yeah. See, see, that actually surprised me a little less. Uh, some people at The Athletic have done some reporting of just how much Arizona views him very highly. They should. So, yeah. yeah. They think that I, – I think – and he's under team control for a few years after this season. So they – I think we're pretty content that unless they were absolutely blown away, they weren't going to move him until until – Maybe the, this the price was right. Or maybe they keep him. Yeah. So like, I that didn't shock me quite as much just because Arizona seemed to be comfortable holding on to him. I think if he was a pending UFA, it would have been a completely different story. The the other part of that too, and, and I, kind of to both of your points, is like you saw what some teams were paying, and it really did kind of make me start wondering what is the price on a guy like Chikrin? Because like you said. Yeah, you're expecting a first, maybe two. Like, holy shit, Brandon Hagel got that. And so it's like, well, what is going to be that cost for a guy like Chikrin? I mean, look what Lindholm got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. seriously. And and it, it was, I thought maybe the Avs, when Joe Sacking made that move for Josh Manson, I remember thinking like, damn, there's probably going to be a couple GMs that are upset by that because he just kind of set the market at second round picks, you know, and then what is it, two days later, Ben Sherratt goes, gets a first. Uh, let's talk about Florida. Let's pause on Florida for a second. Uh, <clears throat> Aaron Eckblad obviously has a scary injury the night before, or is that Saturday night? Uh, maybe word comes out that it's maybe not quite as bad as they thought on the ice, but they are going to get to flex that LTR LTIR muscle. And I mean, like they went all in, they moved Frank Vetrana out to New York, cleared a little bit more cap space. Claude Giroux, uh, and I'm now immediately drawing a blank as I'm going to list all these Hag players. Yeah, yeah, Robert Hag, uh, Sherratt. Then they also facilitate help facilitate Max Domi to the Hurricanes and recoup assets. They get picks. They get prospects. Uh, hard to not look at them as a winner at the deadline. Total winner. That's a that's a wagon of a team. I I've liked them going into the season. Their forward group is is so deep and now it's even deeper. I think the big question for them come playoff times is, is, is Ekblad. I, I'm for his sake, knowing what he had to go through last year. Like I, I really hope he's able to play cause they're such a fun team and he's such a good player and so important to them that if he's not, if he's not healthy, considering how strong that division is and who they'd have to go through in the playoffs, I think it would be, it would be really tough for them. Yeah. Uh, my co-host on on between the pipes, Mark Springer, picked the cup final at the beginning of this year. I'm not saying it's going out on too flimsy of a limb, but <laughs> he had Colorado and Florida coming out of yep. uh, of both of the conferences. I think the biggest difference between last year's Florida team and this year's Florida team is the resurgence of Sergei Bobrovsky. Yeah, like that's that's the biggest thing for me. There is that his first year in Florida, he flounders after being a, a perennial Vesna candidate. You wonder if it's Huge time contract. for Spencer. Right? Is it time for Spencer Knight to come in on his rookie deal? This is this hot shot uh, young American goaltender who's a first round draft pick, and he had historic numbers in his first yeah. starts. And then at the beginning of the season, it looks like he can't stop a puck, but Bobrovsky <laughs> stands up. They're terrifying. They have one of the most, if not the most, underrated player in the whole league in Sasha Barkov down the uh, middle. What's crazy is I didn't know which player you were going to name under maybe the right, most like underrated. You, you can throw Huberto. Like, Huberto <laughs> is a guy who should he should probably win the MVP this year. Well, and no his, one's talking his, about his him. His agent certainly thinks so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I maybe wouldn't say he should win the MVP, but I, he's been pretty incredible. Yeah. He's been excellent. He's and in the conversation right. regardless. They've got a couple of guys who you know, don't get the national media coverage that I think they ought to. Maybe it's because you're playing in Florida and they right. have a hard time filling that stadium. It's still one of the most affordable tickets uh, in the entire league right now, but they, they get a lot better. And 
it, it was odd sitting here in in the Denver media uh, sphere always thinking that Giroux wanted to come here. This yeah. is right. This has to be a destination for Giroux if he wants to win a cup. And it comes out that he wasn't even thinking about it. It was Florida or nowhere. Yeah. No, and that's his right. I like, I don't begrudge him at all for that personally. No, like no, he earned that in his contract and oh yeah, he can go where, where he wants to go. And I mean, if I'm, if I'm him, I'm kind of looking at that and I'm telling the flyer, like he, he, played it the way I would have in terms of like you pick where you want to go and kind of that's that's where you try to get to and I can't I can't blame him for that yeah and, and not only did he earn it in his contract but I mean like that dude left nothing in Philly totally, you know what I mean yeah. like gave everything to that organization got him helped get him to a cup final once uh so yeah it's it's hard it's hard to blame him but it was it was just a little puzzling you know, not just as someone who you know covers the abs and lives in Denver and all that stuff but I did think it was interesting that he really and it's not like Florida's a slouch team, as we were just saying, but like, I thought it was a little interesting that there were some teams that I think have real shots to win that were interested in him, and he didn't. He had, he had his mind kind of made up. I mean, I, you can argue that the East, and you should argue that the East is far more of a gauntlet to get through yeah. going into this postseason. Like, you're talking about Tampa Bay is maybe the fourth best team in that conference, probably third best team in that conference. They're coming off of back to back cups. <laughs> and then prior to that, a season where they were President's Trophy winners and got swept out of the first round without anyone really understanding what happened through the first eight days uh, of the playoffs. It, it's odd that he stayed in the East if you're really yeah. wanting to go and chase a cup. But listen, yeah, that's a great point. You wanted to go a certain place. Maybe it was because of, of salary. Maybe it's because you didn't want to, uh, you know, uproot and go as far west as possible, move away from your family. But again, I can't get inside that guy's head. Yeah. Look, and, and he's lived in Philadelphia for a while. I wouldn't hate South Florida either. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I think it's 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 kind of it's hard to speculate, but I, I, I don't. It, yeah, I, I think that like it's some of it, may, maybe some of it's family and some of it maybe maybe he just thought the Panthers were better than the Avs. Yeah. And you know what? I can't blame him if he did. I don't yeah. I don't know if I agree, but the Panthers are really, really good. Yeah. And but yeah, the path is definitely harder there where they maybe have to go like their playoff route could look like Toronto first round or Boston first round. Either way, not an easy series. Tampa second round and Carolina the third round like right. that's that's brutal no thanks so but. so let's actually let's talk about that because Raj I think you bring up a start a good conversation there the east and the west two very different deadlines seemed like everybody out east loaded up mm -hmm. they saw what Florida was doing it just became an arms race and I feel like more teams out west kind of stood pat or just kind of nibbled around the edges um do you, I mean, do you guys think that that's purely just because of what we were just talking about, that it's just such a brutal path? Maybe. I think also some of it is that Calgary got their work done early, which yeah. I thought was really smart. I thought they got a good price on Tyler Toffoli. Yeah. And so they didn't have that many more moves to make. They did a few. Um, they got the – what's uh, – Ian Kroc from Seattle, and yep. they did a few smaller things at the deadline, but they already made a big trade this season. Minnesota kind of loaded up in, in a way. Yeah. Um, and then I think that, yeah, I think if you're the Blues and you're looking at what other teams are giving up for defensemen, because they, they were, that was what they're in the market for, their forward group is strong. And you're like, are we really going to pay this when we have to go through 
a Minnesota team that just got better and a Colorado team that swept us last year, even right. if even if the Blues are a little better than they were last right. year. Like it's just it's hard to justify giving up that much stuff for when yeah. And that that's what struck me as odd about the East and particularly New York. Like I know you have a, yeah, a no like one. an MVP level goalie in Igor Shosturkin who would is he your bet to win the the Vesna this year? Him, Matthews, those, those are kind of the like him. Matthews are kind of my two. And internally, those are the I haven't done. I do a big deep dive before <laughs> I vote, but those are kind of the two front runners in my head. All right, so you have yeah. a goaltender who yeah. is at, at the top of Peter's list to win MVP. Right, he should walk away with the Vesna this year. And New York in that gauntlet style East that we just talked about is going out and spending assets for a guy like Andrew Kopp, who yeah. may walk as a UFA in the offseason. I thought that was a really perplexing move uh, for New York. I was shocked that more teams in the West didn't go out and do it. Uh, I think I think Minnesota made the biggest leap on deadline day of almost anyone. Yeah. Like it's, it, it's hard to put into words just how important a goaltender like Marc-Andre Fleury can be to... Uh, a, a team that has Cam Talbot as their number one and struggled mightily. It was, what, 65 goals against in something mm -hmm. like 12 or 13 games <laughs> uh, on a team that views themselves as one of the harder outs in the Western Conference. They got a lot better, and they only paid a conditional first for it. Yeah. Yeah, probably a second. Yeah. Like yeah. It's not, I, the Rangers perplexed me a little bit less um, just because they're in the – weaker of the two east divisions yeah like it, there's i i look at them and i'm like there's no reason they couldn't go through pittsburgh and carolina and well, it, it, like they've got a, a defenseman who won the norris trophy last year they've got um they added justin braun who's an okay defense so they've got like they've got a lot of guys and that goalie shesterkin like if they really their bottom six and pretty much their non top two lines was really hampering them. So yeah, they added a lot there cause they got Tyler Mott too. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, is this, could they make a run? And I don't, I don't mind that the Nashville was weird. They traded like, it, it wasn't any like big moves, but they traded like for some guys who weren't that good. And they gave <laughs> up like some like pretty significant, like, like second round picks and third round picks. And I was, I was a little confused by that. Yeah. The, the New York one, I really, like I looked at that as like a, them rewarding Igor Shesterkin, like, Hey, you got us here. We'll get you a little bit more help. Um, but yeah, there, there were a couple teams. I think Nashville's a, a good example. Carolina obviously gets Max Domi done right at, at the 11th hour, but they were another team. I was a little surprised that such a Carolina player. Yeah. Like yeah, it's yeah. Such, it is such a hurricanes move to get a guy like Max Domi at the deadline at the last minute. Like, no, you're not going to go out and get the flashy player. You're going to go out and get run your head through a wall. Max, <laughs> Max Domi. Domi. You're the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. And, and like, I thought, I thought they'd be in on John Klingberg defenseman, but no, they go and get to your point, a guy that, that makes perfect sense for, for what they do. He posted a, Max Domi tweeted a picture of him like in a Photoshop Hurricanes uniform and like, yeah, it looked defense. Yeah. 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 Defense. It, it, fit, it fit perfectly. Uh, all right. Let's circle all the way back to Raj, what you brought up earlier. Evgeny Dodonov uh, traded from the <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights uh, with about an hour to go before the deadline. Uh, they make him and his agent aware of it. And they basically come back right away and say, uh, hold on. Anaheim is on our no trade list and it turns into this three day kind of debacle 
of the Vegas Golden Knights trying to figure out, one, does he in fact have a no-trade clause? Was his list submitted on time, and is it valid? And why did we not know about it? Why didn't the league know about it? Why didn't Anaheim know about it? And from what it sounds like, it was a loss in translation when Dodonov was traded from Ottawa to Vegas. It wasn't communicated either properly or at all. Uh, But it's just turned into a big mess, and now Vegas is stuck with it. That was their cap dump to try to make money work to get guys back into the lineup as they get healthy. Is this just been kind of like a culmination of Vegas's season all yeah, leading up to this? Yeah, it's it's funny because it seems like it might have been more Ottawa's fault than Vegas's yeah. fault. Um, there's a really good, two really good explainers. The uh, Jeff Friedman or Jeff Jeff Merrick <laughs> Elliot Friedman Thirty Two <laughs> Thoughts podcast does a, did a really good rundown, and then Pierre LeBron yeah. and the Athletic had a good explainer. But it it seems like yeah, it was probably Ottawa's fault. Um, but I think if you look back to the question I kind of had is why did Vegas acquire him in the first place? Right. Like that, that's the big puzzler to me because they could have had that cap space for, I it like just saved it. No, we're going to make a run at Eichel or we're going to trade for someone else at the deadline. But no, they, they traded for Dodonov, who's a fine player, but probably makes more than you want to pay him. Yep. And yeah, now they're stuck with it. I think they still could trade him to a, team he just would be ineligible for the rest of the season which i feel bad for him like gosh what an awful spot to be in like your team just like traded you and then you to a place you didn't want to go and then you get the the trade gets void and all of a sudden they're like yeah you're gonna be in the lineup tomorrow night (laughs) it's like all right yeah um well how awkward for him either way either you go to anaheim that you've now publicly said for 48 hours you don't want to be there or you go back to a team that paid a second round pick to get rid of you I don't know. Like like I said, it it just seemed like it was kind of a, this is how Vegas' season has gone. I saw a gif earlier today that was making fun of the Toronto reversible Justin Bieber jerseys that they wore last night, which by the way, like the the actual black version of that jersey that they wore last night in their 3-2 win over the Devils was gorgeous i yeah, like i'm pro i'm pro they're yeah. sweet yeah, what proud. a great jersey <laughs> yeah. like i i don't really care for the rever- the reversible side that has like the bieber logo on it but the one that they wore on the ice was awesome like, yeah give me more sweet. of that stuff um i saw a gif about it that had to donov with a reversible knights and ducks jersey laughed my <laughs> ass off at it. it was great um yeah it, it does feel like that's the way that vegas season's going like it, it's hard to feel bad as you know Again, I, I try and keep my fandom out of my reporting and my shows as much as possible. But like, yeah. as a, a guy who grew up as an Avis fan, I, it's hard not to chuckle at it. But they have such a miserable injury road this year. Yeah, like, You talk about missing five guys from the Avs lineup last night that may slot into a playoff roster um, if the team is completely healthy. And guys like Landeskog and Gerard and Murray, who's found his game just out of the blue. Yeah. Um, obviously, Arturi Lekkinen missing uh, as well. And I'm missing a, a fifth. Bowen Byram. Byram. Yep. Yeah, yep. no doubt. With all yep. his concussion issues, who's now back in a, a no-contact jersey, but we don't know when he's going to come back. You think the Avs have injury problems right now? Just look at Vegas. You, uh, you have... Yeah. It is $30 million, if not more, of starting players, guys who are top-line talent, including your starting netminder. Oh, including and your captain. Yeah. And you're <laughs> right, your captain, one of the best defensive players in the entire league, gone. Yeah. And that is, you can't overcome that. Yeah. That's that's uh, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. levels of injury. Yeah. Not to mention that yeah. um, 
that Eichel, he, he's played pretty well, but he's still recovering from a pretty right. significant surgery. Dude and didn't play for 18 months. For a long time. So, like, yeah, it's it's strange. It's, I mean, it sounds like Vegas thought, I, I see some, <laughs> some of the comments. The, the comments, thought, <laughs> screw Vegas, uh, shut up, guys. <laughs> I, 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 listening to the, so apparently, listening to the Elliot Friedman explanation, it sounds like they were under the impression that, Dodonov's because of what the senators communicated to them, may, they might have been under the impression that Dodonov's agent kind of dropped the ball and didn't yeah. like submit the no trade clause, which was not the case. He did submit it, so they thought that the trade could go through. And like Central Registry asked them, like you know, they have a he has a no trade list. Like is that a pro? Like and yeah. they were like, no, we're, they're like we're in the clear. So it what a weird miscommunication. And yeah, yeah they really do have to have a more centralized like system system to look at this where it's not like where because there's not like a, there's not like a cap friendly for gms you know right which <laughs> makes no sense yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember which one of your colleagues i was reading this morning on the athletic but they kind of went through and it was the same realization that we had a few minutes ago was i can't believe that you don't plug this into a yeah. system yeah. to make sure that everything just simply works we don't know when uh, you know 10 team trade or no trade clauses are submitted by a player. Right. It, it shocks me that there's not a, you know, a, a, a centralized date for every single player in the league to say, Hey, these are the teams that you can be traded to. These are the teams that you are going to reject trades to. And if yeah. you decide to waive it in the middle of the season or at the trade deadline, that's okay. You just have to notify us. It, it baffles me that there's not some sort of safeguard like that, where it's just like a couple of emails and Jenny and accounting's right. like, yeah, you guys are cool with this one. That's, that's exactly what I was just about to say. Like, I thought it was weird when the reports came out. They're like, yeah, no, they had the email. I was like, an email? Like, and Ottawa just didn't, I guess, uh, and they didn't they forward had the, it. Yeah. They had an email. Sorry, and I missed this. It, they didn't miss it, though. They had Ottawa had the yeah. email and a like acknowledgement of receipt. They sent it back. And they, and yeah, it, wild. Just crazy bizarre and, and so yeah so you know now vegas is on the hook for that money there's talk that they may try to flip him like to in arizona and he wouldn't be eligible it's like yeah that, i wouldn't burn a bridge or anything like that like th there is part of it that he'd still get paid though and he could just go play golf for the rest right, of the year yeah so, i know you're not chasing a cup but there could be worse <laughs> things like you could get shipped off to winnipeg yeah that is true you could <laughs> yeah shout out aj enjoy winnipeg uh no but it's 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 just an interesting and i don't even think it's necessarily just abs fans i do think there is a bit of a people don't feel bad for vegas like they came into the league went to the stanley cup finals year one have made the playoff have been to the conference finals every year but once um i i think that they're a team that right wrong and different people in the hockey world don't feel bad for and look like they've landed a lot of big names in the last few years you wonder if some of that turnover is what's leading to this but yeah uh well they've always kind of been like this big house of cards which i've really enjoyed actually like this, yeah this might not be a popular i think it's great that there's this one team that's like it's yeah great for the sport screw the future we're just gonna do everything we can to bring in the biggest guys we can and but what you saw was over time it's like okay they have this great team they slowly have deprived themselves of all future chips, all their picks, all their prospects, all of that. Yep. And you just know that like when their core starts to age, it's going to come crumbling down really fast. And this might be the start of it, but it also might not because next year they could just have Stone Patch ready. Eichel. Eichel. Yeah. Like, like they could still be really good. You do have that 
bargaining chip of hey come play in vegas right it's right. the new sexy place to be a professional athlete it's Why wouldn't typically you play gorgeous there? weather um it's funny. The House of Cards is the the perfect analogy for that team. <laughs> and they're the complete antithesis of what's happening in Seattle right now, right? Seattle's on the five-year plan, and we're they know they're going to suck this year. They know they're probably going to suck next year, and they're just going to ship everyone out. They have 27 draft picks in the next two drafts. Sorry, 20... No, so I think it's right. 27 yeah. draft picks in the next two drafts uh, for the Kraken. And, and Vegas, like Peter just said, is uh, we don't have any farm system. And I think yeah. that's the reason why that you're in that cap trouble is because you've shipped off all of those entry-level contracts that you could possibly have. And now you have all these you know, veterans on expensive deals. Like Dadanov at $5 million is wild. Yeah. And you have a lot more of that on the roster. Yeah. And they had, t like, even not not only the entry-level deals, they had, like, Tuck on a bargain deal and stuff. Like, he was making, I think, four or something now yeah. in Buffalo. Like, yeah. that that would have helped. Yeah, it's they're a fascinating, fascinating team. They're still going to be good when they're healthy, but the question is if they get there. And, yeah. I mean, they're running out of time. I don't think they're going to make it. Yeah, yeah. The, the math is really starting to look bad for them, and, and I think they've only got 16 games left. And, I mean – they're going to spend a lot of nights here watching teams just pass them in the standings as, as they just kind of sit by because a lot of teams have games to make up. Uh, let's shift gears to the abs. Uh, I am going to remind all the uh, lovely folks listening at home uh, about our great friends over at DraftKings. You were asking earlier about who your uh, bet is to uh, win the uh, Hart Trophy. I actually took Igor Shosturkin a couple months ago because the odds on him uh, on DraftKings were just too good. Oh, that's smart. And uh, things are looking up. Things are looking up. Uh, but right now... Guys, they are running a great promo on March Madness. You can turn $5 uh, on any team, bet for just $5, and you can win $200 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If they win, you win. Uh, you can also make some great money on college hoops with same-game parlays, which I also love taking part in during uh, the NHL season. Uh, combine multiple bets from the same game for bigger payouts. The more legs you add, obviously the more money you win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet just $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code DNVR. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older. Colorado only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-522. 4700 so yeah i think we've got a got, got a nice little wrap on on the league um it was a really busy deadline day one of the busier ones that i can remember in the last few years um but and the abs were definitely no exception there right obviously they started a week early bringing in josh manson flipping tyson jose for nico sturm uh, and then on deadline day everyone was kind of waiting for the big chip to fall and sure enough, Arturi Lekkinen uh, for Justin Barron and a second uh, from the Montreal Canadiens. And then they do also bring in Andrew Cogliano for a 2024 fourth. Uh, just kind of blanket, how'd you guys feel the Avs did? I thought pretty well, honestly. I think that I was, I've been kind of beating the drum that they really needed to bolster their their bottom six forward group. Yeah. And I think Lekkinen is a really good player, really smart, really good defensively really good underlying numbers yeah a lot of things that colorado likes it makes perfect sense that they wanted him and you have him probably under term for the next few yeah. years and and i i think that that was a really big pickup and i really liked that they did that and i thought they needed to so i think that that's 
was the first that was that on my like internal like what the abs need that was number one yeah it got to like 11 40 on monday and i was like are they gonna do something like, <laughs> like they've got to do something yeah um and they did is there another patrick nemeth involved yeah yeah because yeah. <laughs> i mean let's vladislav uh, and mesnikov yeah like let's look at it like last year's deadline wasn't enough they yeah they tried to kind of make moves around the edges which is similar to what they did this year they just got worse players yeah, than, yeah. Than it was more year. impactful this year yeah like this year it's like you know lackanen is at the very bare minimum going to provide really good defensive play really hard nose going to be really hard to play against if things go well he's also going to be able to bring some more offense than they've had um yeah. i think that yeah, you look at so so it is really it, it is interesting seeing how much more they gave up this year compared to last year. Where last year they didn't really give up anything. Mm-hmm. This year they gave up two of their three best defenseman prospects, not counting Byram. Um, yeah, but like of the three that haven't played in the NHL or haven't played more than two games, <laughs> Baron, Hellison, and, and Barons. Yeah, they gave up two of those and two second round picks and uh, what else did they get? And Joust and a fifth. So yeah. I thought it was good. I thought it was smart. I think Cogliano, like, best case scenario, he plays on your fourth line and is a really good grinder and all that. Worst case scenario, he's a healthy scratch and he's the old guy you're trying to win a cup for. Yeah. And either way, that's fine. Like, right. So I'm, I'm, I was pretty, and you didn't give up anything for him. Give, give, yeah. Oh, yeah. 2024. 2024. That's, that's two years from now problem. Uh, Raj, what do you think? In those two trades, in the Cogliano trade and the Jost trade, I don't think you gave up really anything, and that's a really bad thing to say about a guy who was loved in the locker room in Tyson Jost. Simply didn't live up to his billing as number yeah. 10 overall pick, although he worked his bag off. Like, yeah. great dude by by every mean and every metric. Great dude, uh, a great teammate, but the role that he was slotted in as a fourth line center for a guy who doesn't win many draws is undersized, doesn't play a heavy game. Although he did change his game Mm -hmm. uh, when he understood what that role was to be a little bit uh, more sound defensively. You need to have a bigger body in there. Someone who's actually going to win draws. Nico Sturm comes in. He struggles last night on the draw going only like 38%, but the night before he goes seven for nine, four for four in the defensive zone, which is something that you couldn't rely on Joe's to do. Um, I liked that move. I, I think I like it for Tyson too. You just need a little bit of a change yeah, of scenery. I, I hope all the best. All no the doubt. Best for yeah. Him. Yeah. No doubt. It, yeah. When I when I say like he didn't really give up much, I'm just saying like, well, look, his time had come here in right. Denver. Yeah. He, he. It was time he, for a change. Yeah. Yeah. He. I mean, I think you look at, and there are a lot worse outcomes to have with a number ten overall pick. Like he's a. Productive, yeah. There's a lot of number tens that don't <laughs> stick in the league. Duncan yeah, Siemens a, was eleven overall. He's a productive overall. bottom six player. He's going to be around for a long time. And. Yep. It's, it'll be interesting to see if he ever gets to a place where he he maybe has more of a chance to be on a second line and see if like he can can kind of here's North Dakota Tyson yeah Jones. develop yeah. some more offensive games so I, I'm I'm curious to see his trajectory but I think yeah I think that that trade made sense for both teams because Jost has a higher ceiling moving forward but is less equipped to play the fourth line center role yeah. than Nico Sturm is completely agree yeah no I, I think that's a great observation because that was kind of my thing where I was saying like let's say at worst you're you're saying Nico Sturm and Tyson Jost are kind of equivalent in terms of like their you know production and stuff like that but you got bigger you got a little bit heavier and I think Sturm put it in a great way in in his uh kind of introductory press conference where he said I'm hard to play against not that I'm gonna like put you through the wall but I'm tough to knock off the puck I'm heavy on my stick and I actually there was a play that stood out to me last night uh 
it was in, in the defensive zone where, I mean, he just like kind of, you know, forearm shiver a guy right off the puck and was going up ice where it's like, yeah, he didn't plaster him on the wall, but he wanted the puck. He played him hard on the wall and he was going the other direction. And I mean, that's exactly what Jared Bednar is looking for. It seems like this trade deadline compared to last year's outside of the getting better players part of it, which is the first and <laughs> foremost number one thing you have to do as a GM there. I think Sackick filled the holes that Bednar had on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a big and bruising defenseman in Josh Manson, despite his defensive zone turnovers the last two <laughs> games, which have been a, a little tough to watch. But uh, those things will will come and go as a D-man. Uh, you saw what he could do in the first game that he played for the Avs with 10 hits. Uh, he's a mean son of a gun, comes from NHL bloodlines, slots in great as a, as a second line or a third line defensive pairing guy. Um, I loved that move. I was a huge fan of it. Cogliano, I agree, is probably a, a 13th forward. Uh, at the best, he gives you a penalty kill option. Lekkanen gives you certainly a number one PK guy. Um, and yeah. that's been a huge Achilles heel for the Avs. Certainly at the beginning of the season, they've been Not better. Lately. They've been right. good. Yeah. <laughs> been, as of late, right, over the last like month and a half, two months, they've been top 10 in the league in the PK. Yeah. Uh, they've also been top 10 in the power play, but the five-on-five five scoring has shriveled. Um, <laughs> I, I think you, you, you found a way to answer the questions that a lot of people had about this team. Yeah. Can they win that first? Can they win that second-round playoff series? And then, you know, the, kind of the world is your oyster, go win a cup type of thing. Um, obviously, you have to get all those things done, but I think Sackick has put his team in a better position this year than they were last year. It sucks that you have to give up those two defensive prospects, but what it told me, right, the shrug right there. That's, <laughs> that's the big yeah. thing. The shrug is they could be good three, four, five years from now, right? Mm-hmm. Like Barron probably makes the roster next year in Montreal as a rookie. Uh, Hellison is two, three years away, most likely, uh, from actually making an NHL roster. So they can't help you right now. And what that tells me is that you are completely bought in on your long-term contracted defensive core of Byram, Gerard, T- pardon me, Taves, and McCarr. Yeah. And that's okay, right? You yeah. can't pay all of those guys all that money and still have young studs coming up the line right. having right. to pay them after their ELCs. You are eventually going to have to move them. Why not try and win a cup while you do it? Yeah. And, and I think... It's also you look at I, – I really like both Baron and Hallison. Oh, yeah. But if you look at both of them, it's like Baron is probably – probably projects as a number four defenseman, maybe a number three. Mm-hmm. And that's even in the future, like, replacement. This isn't giving up a Kale McCarr or a right. Owen Byram or a guy who could be a top – I mean, he could maybe be a secondary top-pairing defense, like, be like – like the, on like, Arizona's like a, lineup, he'd play or, on the top Or pairing. like when Ryan Graves played on the top pairing with, right, uh, with McCarr. With Kale. Yeah. He's not, but he's not, you're not giving up someone who could be like a Norris Trophy finalist right, or something. Right, right. Like Unless something goes crazy. Which hopefully for him it does. Like, right. That'd be awesome. <laughs> right. Really nice guy, and I think he's a really good player. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't think that you gave up things that hurt to give up, but that you can live with. You didn't give up. It wasn't Ottawa in the Matt Shane trade giving up the <laughs> pick that became Bowen Byron. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, and, and Joe Sackick held on to his first-round pick in 2023, which is projected to be a really good draft. And, um, again, I just I don't think that there's any of that stuff outside of the Barron one, which stings a little bit, in terms of on ice that you are upset with giving up. And you guys both made a, a couple comments there that, again, are kind of interesting. When you're fully healthy, you're talking about Josh Manson as a third pairing defenseman in Colorado. 
Like that is just outstanding. Arguably yeah. a third. Josh hey. Manson and Murray, who was a top three, was he number two overall pick? If I'm correct, number two. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's your third pairing, right? Like that is that's fantasy land stuff, right? And then you're gonna have one of, excuse me, three of these four: Cogliano, Helm, Abe Kubel, and Logan O'Connor. Three of those guys will be a healthy scratch if this forward core gets back to full health yeah. come playoff time. It's just absurd amounts of depth, and and I think Joe Sakic has seen them run into injuries each of the last two, three playoff runs. I think he's saying, we're not going to do that again. We are going to get legitimate NHL talent to some extent <laughs> to, to, you know, we're going to have to go four, five injuries deep before you're having to dip into any of that taxi squad, black aces conversation. Well, and what's interesting is they also have guys that they haven't been able to bring guys up from the minors really just because they've been trying to accrue space, which is why you saw them kind of play down a few guys and stuff. But I'm, I'm curious if, Come playoff time, could a guy like uh, a Kiefer Sherwood yeah. or uh, you have those guys that like you never know. They could, yeah. Bedner could, if I mean, I don't think he's going to be worrying too much about hurting feelings. Like he's going to no. play who he thinks is best. And if, if Kiefer Sherwood finishes the American League strong, uh, season strong and looks great in practice, who knows? Maybe he's on your fourth line. Maybe um, Dylan Secura, maybe, you know, there's yeah. all these guys, M- Mikhail Maltsev, um, who will have to change numbers. Yeah, <laughs> um, and um, but yeah, you That's have so all, all of these guys that like maybe one of them is. I would say one of those three is like a potentially. I mean, Kiefer Sherwood played in the playoffs last year. Like, yeah, and he's had a great AHL. Great season. AHL. He's got. I'll. T- he's got the skills. I. It hasn't fully translated at the NHL level, but like you watch him play, and he. If you watch him practice, he has an amazing shot. Yeah, such a good shot. Yeah, he wears the white gloves under his under his gloves, and it always freaks me <laughs> out a bit when you see it up close. Yeah, he wears like white gloves. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Maybe I should have tried that. Yeah, what, what was I doing? Uh, but yeah, no. So just just depth all over the place, and, and I think that's what they were going for. It's it's hard to look at this roster, at least on paper, and and say. You know, it, it's hard to find like a, a weakness at any position. And I think heading into the deadline, there were a couple of areas where you could look at it and say, yeah, like you said the bottom six, you want to see a little bit of an improvement here. Yeah. Uh, maybe you don't love rolling with that Johnson and Johnson pair going into, you know, a kind of a heavy nose series in the second, third round. You short all that stuff up. I, I don't, I haven't had an issue with their goaltending all year. Yeah. Um, I know there are some people that, that, think that they're the same people that will always have an issue right, with right, well the right. thing is is a goalie isn't playoff proven until he is playoff proven yeah. you know yeah. like Kemper hasn't really been in a spot it's it's not that Kemper isn't a playoff goal it's just that he's never been in a situation where he's had a chance to to go far and I mean I was a little early in the season I was a little intrigued of like okay Kemper's been fine but he hasn't been what you paid for necessarily but yep. then I look at I think December 8th, when he came back from yep. an upper body injury, they were playing in New York. He was okay that night. And since then, he has been I, – I haven't checked in the last few days, but if you look at, like, evolving hockey's goal saved above expected, he is better than Shosturkin. He yeah. has, like, a 9.30 save percentage. Some of this might have gone down in the last couple games. I don't know. But, like it, – it, It's he, in that ballpark. He's been really, really impressive. And Francois, I don't love your chances to win a, like – conference finals playoff series with Francois, but he gives you a chance yeah um yeah as a number one you're not you're not super confident about it with Francois, but as 
as a backup. If something happens, yeah, you could know, he win two out of three? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, you're going to have to play really well in front of him. And I think like with Francois, you see he he gets sheltered a little bit by the opponents he plays against. And and I think he's a he's a great like 1B or 2 goalie. Mm-hmm. And that's and yeah. I, I really that's do. what the contract extension tells you, too, yeah. what the organization thinks about him. Yeah. yeah. Great vibes also. Oh, yeah. No, he's <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's great. And, and I really do think, to your point, I think that contract extension was they understood that if he got to market – there are plenty of middling teams that are still rebuilding that would have given him a look as a 1B, probably a little bit more money. Uh, you know, I think of a team like New Jersey. I think of a team like Arizona. Probably would have given that guy a look with, you know, offered him a few more games. Um, we'll start winding down here. I do want to hear just your guys' outlook for the Avs the rest of the way. Now that the trade deadline's behind us, we know who's here, who's not. Uh, I do want to talk also about uh, Ivaka. Ivaca TV are they're a great new uh, partner of ours, and they're solving a major problem for a lot of people uh, in Denver. If you haven't been able to watch the uh, Nuggets or Avalanche, Ivaca TV is here to save the day. Uh, that's E V O C A uh, TV, um, brand new TV delivery system. It's less expensive and offers an awesome picture. Uh, it includes local networks like Altitude Sports. You get all kinds of national channels with it as well. Available in Denver, Colorado Springs. Phoenix, Boise, and Twin Falls, Idaho, and that's growing every day. Uh, make it, they're making it easy to follow Colorado teams that you guys love, including the Nuggets, the Avs, Rapids, and Mammoth. That's right. You no longer have to go through any you know shady back channels or alleys. Uh, just go over to uh, evoca.tv slash DNVR. Only $25 a month plus a receiver. No contracts, no hidden fees. The price is locked in for two years. Um, and you can you can rent an additional receiver as well. Look, I, I could have stopped it. You can watch abs and nuggets, and that's really all that matters. So head on over evaca.tv slash DNVR. Uh, get signed up. They'll get you the equipment. It is super easy to get set up. Uh, and, yeah, you can you can watch this great run that both these teams are on. So nuggets also start to get healthy. Uh, saw Bones Highland. One, one hopes. Yeah, one hopes. Saw Bones Highland at Ball Arena the other night at like 11 a.m. working out, or I 11 love, p.m. I love Bones. Talk about vibes, man. Right? Great Franco's vibe. vibes. Bones is, he redefines the vibe. Yeah, Bones is just like. Yeah, dude, seriously. Just pure electricity. Like, I, and he is not afraid of anything. No. Like, I don't, I have no connection to the Nuggets. I'm not from Denver or anything, but I just love watching Bones Highland play. Dude, he, um, he called into our our Nuggets postgame show like two <laughs> weeks ago. Just like, he was like, he sent them a, a thing on Twitter. He's like, hey, are you guys still on? Called into the show just because he wanted to talk about the game. Get the guy he's, down for a beer, damn yeah. it. <laughs> he's, I, I love yeah. Come on, Allie, figure it out. Hey, and I, uh, I went to college very briefly with Michael Porter Jr. He was not there for very long. Uh, yeah, well, did not play very many basketball games. <laughs> what, did he not, play two games at Mizzou? Uh, well, he played two minutes in the first game of the year. An electric two minutes. That building, <laughs> no, no, I, I'm not. But even, let me tell you, no. two minutes. But like th- that building was so loud, Expert and people because right that was like everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, this team is gonna be like stacked." Like we have these great recruits all around. Michael Porter's here. He gets announced. He comes in. He scores a bucket, and then he's like, "Ah, my back's hurt." <laughs> <laughs> then he doesn't play again, and he was never 100 percent the rest of the the way. But his back history scares me. I'll Still, you were there for it. I was there. I was there. <laughs> I was there. I saw the glorious two minutes of hope where everyone thought Mizzou was going to win a national title. <laughs> uh, 
Cool, guys. So yeah, like I said, we'll start winding this down. So with everything kind of now behind us, we've seen where all the other teams have shaken out. Uh, we saw, we've seen the moves that the Avs have made. Um, how do you guys how do you guys feel about about the Avs about their their road to you know what's hopefully a Cup final and um, just the moves they've made? Yeah, I thought that they put themselves in the right position. I think that like really. All you can do in this league is keep giving yourself a chance at Bites and Apple. Hockey is a random sport. Yeah. There, it's more unpredictable, I would say, in the playoffs than just about any of the major sports. Yeah. And you're giving yourself a chance year in and year out. And this year you have one of the best rosters in the league. You have one of the best players in the league. You have one of the best defensemen in the league. Like you're, you're, And you have depth. And the they're going to need those two middle lines to score, I think. I think that's going to be yeah. – I think that – I can't stress enough how important the Lekkonen, potentially Lekkonen new hook comfort line. Seriously. And yeah. I like that line. I, people get mad at JT comfort. I, maybe he isn't necessarily, I, a, like, I'm, I'm convinced $5 million player, but right. he's so good, like responsible defensively and just better than people get. That's a different I'm convinced player. it was cause he was brought up in the Ryan O'Reilly deal and everyone was like, Oh, here's the center to replace Ryan O'Reilly. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. That's not what he is. I agree with you. So I, I think that's, a good third line, whether or not they can score, I think will be really, really interesting. Yeah. The scoring's huge. Uh, over the last 30 games, the Avs have a 180 points combined from six players. That's your top five plus <laughs> Nazem Kadri. Um, the rest of the roster is combined for 108. That's an average of six points per player. And 39 of those points have come from Valeri Nachushkin and Andre Burakovsky, who's only scored four goals Fuck. in that yeah. time. Um, the secondary scoring has to work. Do you need to light the lamp constantly? No, but it needs to be better than it has been over the past few weeks for yeah. the Avs to be, um, you know, true cut. They are true cup contenders, but uh, to, get to get over there. the hump, yeah. right? Because yeah, you see shutdown lines in the playoffs. Yes, that, like just find figure out a way to make the McKinnon line just gets. I mean, in the Vegas series last year, the McKinnon line could not get anything going for yeah. games, the middle games of the series. There's going to be games that that yeah. happens, and then you're going to have to look down the line and be like, Berkey, you're a guy who should score 30 goals a year in the yeah. NHL. Hit yeah. the freaking net, and you have to hope that it actually happens. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, if he goes on a heater heading into the playoffs, right, like that two would years be ago biggest, in the playoffs. I mean, that would be like the most clutch thing in the world because yeah. he is he is so good when he's on. Oh, Amazing, dude. yeah. He's and, and I don't, I never think it's like a shot. lack of like tr effort or try with him. It's just like some, some days it's working, some days it's not. He's streaky. Like yeah. Two years ago in the playoffs, right? 17 points in 15 games. That's yeah. a damn good player. Um, contract it, year, maybe. Who knows? Dude, <laughs> speak about contract years, old guy who played here in Colorado, Matthew Shane's got 36 bingos this yeah. year because yeah. it's a contract year. Um, it, dude, this team. <laughs> Last year was the first year that I think you could have expected them. Like, your expectation should have been cup yeah. final. I think that was the first year. So the people that are like, oh, this is the last year that the Avs can win a cup with this core, shut the hell up. Bonkers statement right there. Yeah. You have a long window, but you should have the same expectation this year from this team. It is get to a cup final or bust. Does that mean get to a cup final or blow everything up? No, no, it doesn't, yeah. but that should be your expectation this year. Uh, Peter put it perfectly. Year in, year out, this organization has set their or set their team up for success, and they're continuing to do so not only this year but going into the future. I think they got a great shot. I got Colorado, Florida as your final. I know it's 
Uh, shocker right there, but it's that's been, my It's final. been a popular pick amongst DNVR-ites. I, I, I picked that as the cup before the season. I'm zagging. I'm going Ooh. back on Tampa to, to oh, get shit. to the cup. I mean, they're so good. Yeah. Like, like people, like Florida got a lot better. Yes. Tampa didn't get any worse, it appears. Well, they yeah. have the best goalie in the world. They have so. the best goalie yeah. in the world. They have one of the, I mean, people might get You mad. can say it. I, Dude, like, say it. <laughs> say it. Best defenseman in the world, probably. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Like, I'm, that's not a, it's, okay. Well, it's I love those, Victor Hedman. It's, 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 it's one of those he is till he's not, right? Guys, he's so good. He's, he's crazy really good. good. Yeah. He's, I mean, it's him and Makar, like, are here. And that's, and that, and, and then I, there's everyone I, else. I go back and, yeah. and they, they're a little different. Like, Hedman's better defensively, less offensively. Kills. He's huge. Yeah. And he's huge. So, and he's a horse. He, he is can, a big <laughs> He can play like <laughs> that. <laughs> that, that man Kira goes bye I, I that man can play like 33 minutes again which Kale can it's it, to me it's their, well, Kale played 28 last night are, yeah they're tied Kale, Kale will overtake him at some point they're but, I'm gonna say for now my defenseman rankings tied number one McCarr and Hedman yeah and then I don't know there's like the that's the top tier then there's the Fox Yossi that kind yeah, of tier yeah All I right, agree. I'm done making people mad <laughs> uh, I'll say and we haven't even gotten to your bad food takes yet which we might even skip we but had such great reviews until those last two minutes what did uh, we do he's really Hedman's really good <laughs> but no I I, th I think you guys both have nailed the head and that's kind of how we'll end it they they've set themselves up I thought Bednar had a phenomenal line yesterday when he said you're you always think you're good till someone shows you that you're not yeah. and they put themselves in a great position to, to keep from being shown that they're not a good team. Um, they, they've got depth all over the place, and you just I, I can't find a spot on this lineup that you don't like on paper. People forget you were five minutes away from being up 3-0 yeah. against Vegas Ugh. in the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. You were a boneheaded seven seconds of hockey from Ryan Graves from probably winning that game in overtime before Mark Stone goes on a breakaway, right? Like you had two shin pads where you looked off Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon. So everyone's like, oh, you got bullied out of the second round by Vegas. Like you wasn't had a as chance, bad as people. Remember. You had a chance to end that. It just didn't go your way and you went into a turtle. That's a good and, learning and spot. And they blew it. They blew it. They blew it. it. Yeah, that's, 100%. Yeah. That's the, when people say the three second round series in a row, I'm like, Yes, they have lost in the second round three times in a row. The last time is the one that the only yes. one that really yeah. hurts. You, yeah. you, you are you are a a Finnish legend story away from beating Dallas in seven games. You are a a, a Zapruder film away from beating San Jose in a seventh game. So like, there's a few things that didn't go your way. Peter's right; they blew it last year, but they were closer than a lot of people think. Uh, yeah. They're a better team this year than they were last year. Just have fun with it. It's a freaking awesome team to watch and cover. Yeah. It's like come here, watch the games here, and yeah. just again. I I wish I could. I wish I could not do the show <laughs> afterwards and just drink seven beers and have a great time. Maybe I will. We'll we'll have you back and we'll do that. We'll do that on the next show. Seven beers each, and then we'll just see. We'll see what well, kind the of. The last we'll, time that you saw like me when I had a lot of drinks, <laughs> I don't like beer. So I'm out on beer. Yeah. I know we're up against <laughs> it. Yeah, we've got okay, I'll do that. some wine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, hell yeah. All right, sweet. I'm I, in, we'll class I know show we're up. up against it here, but Jesse and I put this together drunkenly over margaritas yeah. on Saturday night. <laughs> we did, and, yeah. Uh, we're, we have a mutual friend, and my girlfriend looks at me and she goes, if Will tries to make you a margarita tonight, don't drink it. <laughs> so yeah. we're two margaritas deep at dinner, like just having a nice fun time. That should be fine. 
an hour and a half later after this dude makes me a margarita, I'm on my hands and knees on my carpet at home, mind you, ruining my gray carpet. Nice. Yeah. See, I've had the margaritas before, so I got like one and a half in. I was like, that's probably enough for me. Yeah, you didn't tell me until you DM'd me the next day. He was like, you were an idiot. You had two of those things. Thanks, I to, Jesse. I need to meet this guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, thank you so much for taking the time out to come down here, hang out. Uh, I'd love to have you guys back down again. Uh, we, we can do this all over again. Uh, we'll have you down here for an away game, Peter. Yeah, uh, yeah since, that'd be great. Since and remember, Ty Hedman and McCarr. <laughs> Hedman is the best defenseman in the Eastern Conference. There you go. That's a great way to yeah, put it. Perfect. Perfect way. Uh, this is the uh, Denver Sports Podcast brought to you guys by Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, we'll talk to you all later.